0: Do you see a pattern here? You know, small things add up. The consistencies or inconsistencies in our code signal what's important and what is acceptable to those working on it. Hey devs, welcome to the Goobar podcast where we talk about building great software and helping others do the same. Here we have short chats about things like software development, working in teams, and building your ideal career in tech. We aim to foster a sense of connection, inspiration, and continued learning so we can all continue to dream, learn, and create. In this week's episode, we're exploring one of my favorite software development mantras, no broken windows. We're going to review the broken Windows theory as presented in the book, The Pragmatic Programmer, and examine how that theory can be applied to our software development projects. This podcast is supported by awesome listeners like you. If you enjoy the podcast and find this episode useful, please consider subscribing and leaving a review. If you have a question or would like to suggest a future topic idea, I'd love to hear from you. Send an email to podcast at goobar.io for your question or topic to possibly be featured in a future episode. And now let's dive into today's topic. The Pragmatic Programmer is one of my favorite software development books and had a huge impact in my early career and how I started to think about writing quality software. In one of its early chapters, the book introduces the concept of the Broken Windows Theory and its application to software development. What is the Broken Window Theory? The Broken Window Theory is a theory in criminology that suggests that visible signs of crime or civil disorder create an environment where those same behaviors are more likely to happen again. Under the Broken Windows Theory, an ordered and clean environment One that is actively maintained, sends the signal that the area is monitored and that disorder or uncleanliness will not be tolerated. Conversely, a disordered environment, one that is not actively maintained, one in which you might find broken windows or graffiti or excessive litter, that type of environment sends the signal that the area is not monitored, not important, and that it's okay to add to the disorder you can probably already start to imagine how this concept could be applied to your own projects or even in your own home, to be honest. My wife and I often playfully exchange a no-broken-windows mantra as we attempt to quickly tidy up our home. Why? Because we find that clothes on the floor or dishes in the sink make it more likely to add to the mess rather than more likely that we will clean it up. A clean, tidy home makes us more likely to keep the home clean and tidy in the future. It's this general concept that the pragmatic programmer adapts and applies to software. A codebase littered with code smells, littered with excessive to-do comments or outdated documentation is more likely to signal that those types of issues are acceptable. Inconsistent naming of variables or classes or analytics events signals that there is no preferred pattern and that anything goes. A total lack of documentation might signal that documentation is not important and makes it less likely that things will get documented. And conversely, an overabundance of documentation may signal that documentation and comments are more important than they really need to be. Do You see a pattern here. You know, small things add up the consistencies or inconsistencies in our code signal what's important and what is acceptable to those working on it. When a new person starts working on your project, what will your code base say to them? Will it suggest that there are generally accepted and applied patterns and conventions? will it suggest that you care about performance or the maintainability of your code in the long run? Or, will your code base indicate that anything goes, and that there is no cohesive strategy for maintaining this project as it grows and as the needs change? This is where I believe the idea of no broken windows can serve you and your team well. Are you elevating the overall quality of your project as you're working in it? Are you cleaning up your code as you go? Are you leaving a file better off than before you touched it? These are the types of questions you can start to ask yourself if you're looking at your work through the lens of No Broken Windows. And in my experience, I generally find that I can isolate and, and locate small improvements to make such as renaming a variable or a class for consistency or, or updating property visibility to avoid exposing things to a public API that don't need to be there. These types of little small changes can really add up over time, especially when lots of people on your team start doing it together. Imagine this for just a moment. You open up an existing file. You fix a small bug. Maybe you fix a couple small bugs. And in the process, you notice that there are two properties in the class that are unused. What do you do? If you are striving for fewer broken windows, you might choose to remove those unused properties in the interest of simplifying the class. Now imagine you have just joined a new team. You've checked out a new repo for the first time, and you're working through the readme to set up the project. You notice some inconsistency in the setup instructions. Maybe they're not quite accurate and you have to complete some additional steps to set up the project. Do you go back and update those instructions so that they are accurate for the next person or do you leave that window broken? We run into many examples of broken windows in our day-to-day work. Whether working on a large team or working alone, the software and documentation we create are in a constant state of decay. You may have heard people refer to this as software entropy. If we can fix the broken windows as we go, if we can address the code smells and generally improve the system as we work, we can reduce the rate of decay in our projects, and over time, we can improve the overall quality of the system. Like any theory, the broken window theory can be interpreted and applied in different ways applied to real world criminology, it's contributed to problematic and even outright racist policies such as stop and frisk. Thinking of this in terms of software, we can also go too far with it. And we need to be mindful of how we apply this no broken windows mantra so that we don't let it become its own set of problems. So what is it not? It's not a mandate to go out and fix every single issue in your code base. It's not a green light to refactor or over-engineer the entire project. And it's certainly not an invitation to nitpick your coworkers on every pull request. We wanna make sure that we are using this as a general rule of thumb to improve the system over time, but we also have to be very aware of the complexities of software development, the external demands of timeline needs, And so we have to sort of keep this uh, in the back of our mind, but not be so um, dogmatically adherent to it that it gets in the way of shipping code. So how instead should we think of this idea of no broken windows? Now, I think that it's a call to generally improve a system over time. It's a call to refactor and fix tech debt as we go, to turn towards the mess in our code, rather than just ignoring it. Um, I like to think of it as us you know, signaling what's important in our code base and in our projects. You know, so what are some ways in which you can apply this to your work? Well, we need to be sure that we keep the main thing the main thing, and don't negatively impact our ability to deliver software. So we, we wanna keep everything in a balance. So what are some low-cost ways to avoid broken windows? Well, we can agree on general naming patterns and conventions. We can agree on code organization patterns so that it's easy to understand how things should be named, where files should go, how they should be structured. We can agree upon and enforce uh, basic code formatting rules or linting rules, we can regularly review to-do comments in the code and either fix them or remove them if they're no longer needed so that they don't add up into this never-ending backlog of issues. And then finally, a code review. Regularly reviewing code can help the team generally converge on a common set of patterns and conventions. And then, of course, there are some higher cost ways that we can work to reduce broken windows as well. We could work to automate the identification and fixing of linting and formatting errors as we find them. We could refactor our projects over time to use consistent architectural patterns, to use consistent library choices. You could regularly uh, include to-dos or other improvement items in your sprint cycles so that this type of you know, low-hanging tech debt is always getting worked on. For larger items, you could devote a sprint once a quarter to fixing some of these higher cost issues to elevate the quality of your code base. Uh, and finally, you could integrate code analysis tools to help you identify code smells or other complex, hard to manually identify issues and use those to call out in pull requests, for example, and refactor uh, code as you're working through it. Now the last thing I just want to touch on here is how do we determine what is a broken window? How do you make that choice? You know, what do you decide what should get fixed, what doesn't get fixed? Uh, it can be a complex question. And you know, as as always we want to be pragmatic in terms of balancing the improvement of our code base with the realities of, you know, shipping code and actually de- delivering value to our our users and our customers. So, over time, I've come up with Uh, Two rough general rules for helping myself decide whether something should be fixed or not. If working alone, I will sometimes ask myself this. If I don't fix this, and this code was reviewed during an interview, would I feel I'm putting my best foot forward? And when working on a team, if I'm considering not addressing an issue, I imagine how I would explain that choice to any new dev on that team. If the explanation is something like, I just don't feel like it today, or it's broken like this everywhere so it's not my responsibility, I will take that as a signal that I probably want to fix that issue if time allows. I think of it as trying to avoid a do as I say, not as I do scenario. When applied to software development, the broken window theory can be a useful framework for encouraging developers to improve the overall quality of a system over time. When applied to software, the concept of no broken windows calls us to avoid code smells and other poor programming practices in hopes of improving the overall quality of a project over time. By turning towards the smelly parts of our code and fixing things as we go, we signal to others that code quality is important, that performance is important, or that documentation is important we increase the likelihood that others will also work to improve the code as we work. And as a byproduct, the overall quality of the project can be much higher than if software decay is left unchecked. We must be careful to not go wild and try fixing all the broken windows and code smells all at once. But when applied pragmatically, this concept can have a very positive impact on our work. If you enjoyed today's episode, leave us a review and be sure to subscribe for future chats about software development and career. And remember, if you have a question or topic idea, I'd love to hear from you. And you can send those in to podcast at goobar.io for your question or idea to possibly be featured in a future episode. Thank you so much for listening, devs. Remember to dream, learn, and create, and I'll catch you all in the next episode. Until next time, devs.